you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't it nice to know this morning we have a living hope? Thank you, Jesus. He's alive this morning. He's alive on the throne this morning. He's alive in your life this morning. He hasn't left you. He's still looking at you. He's still interceding for you. He's still cheering you on. When nobody else believes in you, He does. When no one else sees you, He does. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. I want you to remember that we have a living hope. It's not a hope that passes away. It's not a hope that takes a day off. That's good news because in this world, hope is fleeting. In this crazy world we're living in, hope is hard to find. But I'm telling you, there's a consistent hope that you can have in Jesus. And let me tell you something, if you're living without it, stop. It's never going to change without Him. It's never going to turn without Jesus. You can go around the mountain over and over and over, and you can expect a different result. But let me tell you something. Jesus is the only thing that will take you where you need to be. Thank you, Lord. I just feel in my heart that Jesus wants to meet us here this morning. I don't know if there's someone in here this morning, maybe you've never, ever gotten to meet Jesus. Truly know Jesus. Today's your day. He's calling your name this morning. Do not leave here this morning without His hope. Don't leave here without His joy. thing that matters. He's the only thing that satisfies. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your presence. I thank you, Jesus, that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. We don't understand that kind of love. We don't really understand that kind of love, but you give it to us anyway. Lord, I pray for every heart to be open to receive this morning from you. I pray that every eye is opened to see you this morning. And Lord, I declare that today will be a day of miracles. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. We love you. Thank you, worship team. You know, I've I've been debating on whether I'm going to share this, but it's like it keeps coming to my mind. This weekend, um, Felicia and my kids have been gone. My kids had a family reunion with my parents, Felicia with Ashley. And so I've been on my own, and... I don't know if it's because I've been getting more sleep, which is 
a very real. But I, I've been having dreams, and I never have dreams. And I had a dream this Friday night. I had a dream. And I, I saw people. I saw different people in our fellowship, in our church. And it was like God was taking mantles off of people and giving them a fresh mantle. Like people who had a mantle of weeping were entering into a season of joy. And I saw people who had a, a, a mantle of like perseverance, of just struggle. And they were given a mantle of character and of hope. And I don't know, like, it was so powerful. I, I don't have dreams, so I, I think I was just, like, in awe of what, what are you saying, God? What are you doing? But I, I feel like God is saying that we're entering a fresh season. And allow God to take that mantle off of you and put on this fresh mantle for this new season. I just really feel that strongly in my spirit. Don't fight him on it. I know sometimes the old mantle is comfortable because we've worn it for a long time. We've lived in that space for a long time. But I really feel like God is wanting to give you something fresh in the new season that you're coming into. So I just declare that over you, and I pray, Lord, Lord, make that a reality in our lives, God. Whatever you want to do, whatever you need to shift in us, Lord, I pray it's done for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Good, good word there. You got me on? <clears throat> I'm on. Check. Check. Can you hear me? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, uh, let, me, let me give a little exp- explanation here. Some of you weren't raised in church or in a Pentecostal church. You don't know what a mantle is. You have no clue what he's talking about. <laughs> so I just want to get, it's not bad on Dave. It's just, you're like, what does that mean? The idea is from in the Old Testament, you had a, a, Elijah was one of the prophets. And so basically, uh, his cloak represented his, his anointing or the, the gifting that God had placed upon his life. And so Elijah had an assistant named Elisha. And Elisha knew that Elijah was going to heaven. And so he said, I want a double portion of what you have. And so Elijah was, it says he was taken up into heaven and there was fire and chariots and all this stuff and it was, and his cloak floated down. And Elisha picked up the mantle, that's what it was, just like a cloak, a a covering. And so, uh, and then guess what? Elisha did exactly twice as many miracles as Elijah and recorded in the Bible. He got a double portion. So, What does the mantle represent? It represents the presence of God on your life to accomplish what he's called you to do. And so when he's talking about mantles, he's saying, hey, God's taken, you may have had this, but he's going to give you this. And it's going to cover you. It's going to be over you. In other words, you're going to be empowered. In In the New Testament, in Luke 24, it says, you will receive, you will be clothed with power from on high. The Holy Spirit, when He comes upon you, you'll be clothed. In other words, there's going to be a mantle. So, just wanted to explain that church word to you uh, in case you're like, 
whatever. I know things are sometimes caught and not taught. I like them to be taught sometimes. So, um, good word, though. I love that. I uh, love that dream picture. So, hey, today we're going to be in Hebrews 12 again. We're still going through Hebrews 12. So, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, last week we talked about God's discipline in our lives, and so His correction in our lives from Hebrews 12, and so uh, praise the Lord, we're past that section, right? <laughs> we, it's only, we're only here for one week on it, right? Uh, and then we don't ever have to deal with it ever again, so that's a joke for everybody in case it's a really bad one. Um, <clears throat> y'all good? Would you rather be taking a nap right now in the rain? I'm, I would. <laughs> Not in the rain, but in the house, listening to the rain. Uh, <laughs> so, Hebrews 12. Uh, I'm just going to delay it for like 30, 30 minutes here, okay? Then you can get to that nice warm bed and just listen to the rain. Hebrews 12 says this. It was talking about the discipline, but it says, Therefore, gotta, Therefore, Make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Oh, excuse me. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. For without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, He was rejected, even though he sought the blessing with tears. He could not change what he had done. So Hebrews here, it stays serious. It stays in your face, right? Don't you love it? Sometimes the Word of God is just like, it's it's right at you. Sometimes it's really nice and like warm and welcoming. And then other times it's like, like, you know, it's like you're falling asleep while you're driving. You're like, hello. Been there, right? You all slap your face when you're when you're driving. I do. I like hit myself. I, I slap myself because if I'm I'm falling, I need to either I should pull over. I know, I know I should pull over, but I I, I do this instead. So um, sometimes you need a little bit of a slap to say, "Hey, wake up! Wake up!" You know, if you don't wake up, you're gonna you're gonna get killed. And so the word of God is like that sometimes. Sometimes it's a wake up call, like "Hello." You need this. You need, a, you need to change directions here. If you just wander off the road, it's going to be destruction. So that's kind of what Hebrews 12 is. And it says, hey, because God's correcting you and doing all this stuff, therefore, hey, strengthen, get strong. Strengthen your arms and, and strengthen your legs and knees. Interestingly enough, the, the word here for weak knees, it says weak knees. I don't know what your uh, translation says, but the word... For weak in the original language, which is Greek, uh, is paraleo. 
It's basically like to be paralyzed. You know, sometimes, and again, he's not talking about physically here. We're not talking about physical things. We're talking about spiritual things, right? So sometimes we can be spiritually paralyzed, right? We just, we're just, we're not doing anything. We're just, we're not going forward. We're not going backwards. We're like, I know I can't go backwards, but we're just, we're just frozen. It's like we can't, we can't move at all. And in our spiritual lives, we're never meant to be that way. We're never meant to be the way where we can't walk with God, where we can't go where we're meant to go, where we cannot move forward. And so he's saying, because of this, hey, be encouraged that God loves you. Like last week we were talking about, that he's correcting you because you belong to him. And so we're going to make a level path so that you won't be disabled, but rather you'll be healed. Because that's God's purpose. That's His purpose in correction. That's His purpose when He kind of gets our attention. He wants us to live whole lives. Not, fit, not just physically. Yes, there's, there's things, absolutely we believe in that. But, but He's talking spiritually here. He's talking emotionally. He's talking mentally. That you can be a whole person. You can not be paralyzed anymore in your mind. You know, some people can't make decisions because there's like, they're so confused, there's so, much, there's so much swirling on in their heads. And so, guess what? You, you don't make any decision, right? You just, you're stuck. Because if you make a decision, someone, you know, there's a, there's a consequence. If you make a decision, guess what? Things happen, there's consequences. Not everybody's happy. Sometimes it, it might even be the wrong decision. But he wants us to be whole in our minds, in our emotions, in our hearts, in our, in our souls so that we can walk the walk, so that we can live the life that God has called us to, that Jesus died for. So he says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone. Boy, that's interesting. (laughs) That just means for all of us who like to argue, right? For all of us who just, you know, just got to get our, that last word in, right? You just got to like, you know, I don't know who that is in your family. <laughs> Maybe it's all, if it's all of you, then there's a lot of, lot of conflict, right? <laughs> because everybody has to get the last word in, right? Like, who's going to get the last word? In? It's like, you know, sometimes it's good just to be quiet. What does it say? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called, what, the children of God, right? Isn't that right? Matthew 5, the, the Jesus sermon, the Beatitudes. So there, there, is, there is something important about sometimes just, okay, I'm, I'm not going to argue everything. Sometimes we can't argue people into the kingdom of God, right? You can't argue somebody into salvation. I mean, it's very rarely. I mean, there's maybe a few. Like, God argued C.S. Lewis into salvation, I believe. If you know the, the very old writer, I mean, he's passed on. He'd be very old if he was alive, right? <laughs> he wrote in, like, the 1930s and 40s, and he was a, a proclaimed atheist and agnostic, but God got his attention. He was, he was converted because he could not deny the truth of God in, in what he saw and what, then what he saw in the Bible as well. And so the real, he could not deny the reality of God. So... Uh, but again, that was God doing the arguing. It wasn't a bunch of people arguing with him all the time. 
That, that's not what won him over. It was, it was the love of God. It was the power of God. It was the grace of God. So make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. You know, holiness to me is, is best explained by being set apart. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, they had a temple and they had all kinds of things to make sacrifices in the temple. They had the wash basin, they've got the altar, they've got all kinds of different things in there and they were all holy. Which just means they were set apart for the purpose of God. And so one of the key parts of holiness is that my life will be set apart for His purposes. Not my purposes, not my dreams. It's not, I have a dream in the kingdom. I'm not making fun of that message at all. I'm talking about, it's his dream. Which I also believe was, the, that's God's dream too, is I have a dream speech, just for reference. But, <laughs> there's a lot of God in there. So, his dreams are what matter. Sometimes I've got to lay my stuff down, right? Because I, I am set apart for his purpose. And I know we're going quickly here. I'm just, we're, we're going through here. We're going to get to verse 15 and, and focus in here on a couple of these verses. So see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Did you notice that verse there? It says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. What does that mean? I mean, do you ever read the scriptures and just, or do you just move on? Do you just go, just keep reading until I get it, <laughs> right? And that's okay. Sometimes that's okay. <laughs> but it says we can fall short of the grace of God. But what does that mean? It, it may not mean what we think it means. Right? I think when we see that, we, we see like, oh man, I'm a really horrible person. I'm just not a good Christian, you know, and then we start beating ourselves up, right? We oh gosh, and then Pastor John has to read that verse and says, I already know I'm falling short of the glory of God. I mean, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Come on now, give me a break, right? (laughs) But if we approach it like that, we miss the invitation because this is what grace is. Grace is not, grace is not just covering our failures. There is a part of it that is. But grace is this, giving you the power to live life that God has called you to. Most of the time, or many more times than not, in the New Testament, when it's talking about grace, it's not talking about, oh, you messed up and God covers you. No, it's talking about God giving you power to do something, to live life, to overcome, to be who you're called to be. And it says, see to it that no one, in other words, you have something available to you and you're not using it. Can you imagine if you had the most amazing gift and it's in your house and you just, you just never unwrap it? I mean, who does that on Christmas? Do your kids leave gifts unwrapped? Right? I'm grandkids, right? They don't, we're like, hey, we're just going to. Guys, we're changing it up this year at Christmas. <laughs> New rule. <laughs> New rule, 2022. We've got to change things up, man. We're just, you know, God spoke to me and told me that one box every year is going to be left unopened, right? 
I mean, how's that going to go? Well, if you don't have kids, let me tell you how it's going to go. It's going to go poorly. <laughs> it's not going to go well. I mean, if you train them up to not have gifts and you never celebrate Christmas all their life, maybe, maybe that can work. Okay, it doesn't work in my house. My wife loves Christmas, so we're having gifts, right? <laughs> we have gifts at Gigi and Bat Paws. Uh, more than one. <laughs> Just three. <laughs> Hundred. So, um, like every good grandparent. So, but I mean, we don't, we don't leave gifts unwrapped, right? Well, hey, I'm going to save that for next year. Try it. Hey, we're, gonna, we're just not going to go there. It just doesn't work. We don't do that in our natural lives, right? Why would we do that with God when He says, here's a gift of grace? And if we fail to unwrap it, it doesn't mean that you know, we did nothing to get the gift, but we just, we just have to unwrap the gift and take it and use it. Use the grace that has been given to us. And so he says, don't fall short of the grace of God. And here's two ways that we can fall short. It says, number one, don't let a bitter root grow in your heart. Because there's grace to forgive. You have the power to forgive anyone if you know Jesus. You have the power to forgive anyone if you know Jesus. Why? It's not you, because it's his power. It's his grace. It's the power of God in you. It's supernatural where you're like, again, it doesn't mean that person deserves it. Forgiveness is about, not about deserving it. It's about doing what God has called you to do in His strength. God, I can't. God, I can't. He's like, yes, I know you can't. I know that hurt was too much for you. I know that pain is too much for you. I know what that person did to you. I saw what happened to you. I saw how your heart was ripped out. But I have something greater. I have something more powerful than that pain. I have my grace in your life. And he says, see to it that no bitter root grows. Have you noticed that? That stuff grows? (laughs) It can grow quickly too sometimes. You know, bitterness is like a weed. Right now we're getting a bunch of rain. And Mr. Michael Walker here, he's going to be very happy about his lawn being greened up, right? (laughs) You might even be able to shut the sprinklers off this week, right? (laughs) Hallelujah, right, Elizabeth? <laughs> if you've never been to check Michael's lawn, you should. Uh, don't walk on it or anything, right? <laughs> don't mess it up. No trampolines, whatever. So, but, but even in the best lawn, guess what? When the water comes, guess what? The weeds pop up. We're in, we're in Texas. Like, we have weeds all over. I mean, they, it's amazing. And, the, and they grow quickly, right? You know, my neighborhood, my wife and I, we, got, we like to go walking together in our neighborhood, and there's... There's a, there's, there's a few houses that still, they still haven't mowed their lawn yet. One of them, I, th- I assume, is abandoned. I assume nobody lives in there. I mean, I hope nobody lives there, right? <laughs> Somebody needs to go mow that lawn. I think that every time, and I'm like, oh, well. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, it's, just, it's just all overgrown, and you just kind of walk by the house, and you're like, you got to, like, the, out, of the, out of the concrete, you know, the sidewalk is like overgrown. It's like you, you walk through like the, uh, a harvest. It's like, is this a wheat harvest or something going on here? 
But things grow quickly when they're watered. How do you water bitterness? You think about what somebody did to you over and over and over again. That's how you water it. You're just pouring the water on it. And it says, don't let that thing take root. Because every, every time you have pain in your life by, by a person who causes you pain, I'm not talking about just like physical, I'm just talking about like when something hurtful comes into your life, it's a seed. You know, think about, think about the, in some ways it's good for us to have a hard heart towards bitterness. In other words, I'm not going to receive bitterness in my life. I'm not going to let it grow. Because it starts as a seed. And the first thing that has to grow in a seed is what? The roots. And you don't, you don't see the roots, right? You don't notice it right away. It doesn't, it doesn't, your life doesn't change right away when you choose to like dwell on an offense and begin to water it. It, it starts growing on the inside. And at some point, though, when the roots have grown, what happens is the plant comes up out of the ground. Then, boom, there's, there's visible signs of life, or in this case, signs of death, you know, signs of something destructive. And it grows out, and it pops out, and then you go, where did that come from? Right? Because usually it comes out on somebody else, right? Somebody close to you, your kids, or your spouse, or your parents, or your pastor, I don't know. <laughs> you all don't do that. That's good. So, but if you need to, whatever. I get to forgive you. I get to have the grace of God. So, uh, but it, it pops out. Uh, but what's happened? There's a root there that's been growing in you for weeks or months, maybe years. But at some point, that, that bitterness is going gonna, gonna to grow. And then it, what does it say? It says it's going to cause trouble. I mean, there's been more trouble in churches over people being offended over the years. I mean, haven't you, have, you been, have you been in church? What is that stuff? It's bitter roots growing. And then guess what? It causes, it says it, it uses a very strong word there. It says it defiles many. I mean, now none of us, if you're a follower of Jesus, right? None of us are going to say, Man, I really want to jack up my whole church, right? Can I say the word jack? Am I young enough? I don't know. <laughs> Jerry can get away with a lot more than me because he's the youth pastor. <clears throat> my wife is not here. <laughs> Felicia's not here. Somebody, like, do this when it's too much, okay? <laughs> Thanks, Josie. Love you. So, anyway, none of us wants to say, let's mess up a church, Right? I would, I would really like to mess up my church. I'd like to cause a lot of problems. I mean, does anybody go into their church and say, I don't think, I mean, there's maybe a small percentage of people, but very few people say that. But it happens. Why? Because bitterness begins to grow up, and then guess what? It just spills out on everybody. And then everybody is, it says defiled. And I don't want to defile somebody else. Do you want to defile your family? Man. Get rid of bitterness. Forgive. Receive the gift. It's supernatural. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it won't be hard. I'm not saying you won't cry. I'm not saying it won't hurt. But I am saying that Jesus is greater. 
I'm saying that the grace of God is greater, that the gift of the cross is greater, that salvation is greater, that the grace and mercy of God is greater than those things in your life. And if you will take hold of the grace, he will help you get the root out. Because we don't want to just tear off the top. A lot of times what we do is, right, if you just chop the weed off at the top, right, Michael, that thing's going to grow back in a week. You got to get it out by the root. You got to get to the source of that thing. Sometimes some of us have things growing so long and there's been so many offenses, we don't know where the original source is. And we need the Holy Spirit to show us. We need, we need Him to lead us to truth, to reveal. What, where is this coming from in my life, God? I want to quit destroying my marriage. I want to quit destroying my kids. And He's going to be faithful if you're willing to say, I am willing I'm willing to deal with this, God. I'm willing to really go there. I'm willing for you to pull the roots out. Man, sometimes weeds, if you let them grow for a long time, those, those roots are huge. You know, you can't just pick them up. When they first start, the roots are little, right? You can just rip them up. But you get those big weeds, they start growing, and they grow straight down, and you're like, Mm-mm. you're like trying to pull it out. You've got the weed popper out. You're like, get this thing out of here. And then you're like, never mind, I have a teenager. Why don't you get out there and do this, boy? And so start working on the... <laughs> You get the weeds out, right? I got fake grass, so it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> if y'all haven't been to my house, we, got, we bought a house that has turf. It's amazing. <laughs> it's awesome. So don't, it, every week, it's green. <laughs> if it rains, it's green. If it don't rain for a year, it's still green, baby. <laughs> Looks better than Michael. Anyway, uh, <laughs> oh my, it grows leaves in it. You've got to blow those out. So... But if you're willing, look, Jesus is is the master gardener. He's not going to rip up anything that doesn't want to be that doesn't need to be ripped up. And he will come into your heart and he will take out that bitterness. And you'll be free. And guess what? The people around you won't be receiving as much junk because you're not going to have it stewing out all the time. So, number one is the grace to forgive. And number two is this, the grace to live for more. So we obtain the grace to forgive and the grace to live for more. It says in verse 16, See to it that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, even though he sought the blessing with tears. He could not change what he had done. So, if you're not familiar with this, this is in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. You know, God has his, his family that he calls. He calls one family, and his whole point in the one family is this. I'm going to bring the Savior through that family line. In other words, through your descendants, he says to Abraham. So he calls Abraham. And Abraham has one child named who? Isaac. And so Isaac is the promised child. And then Isaac marries and gives birth to two sons, Esau and Jacob. They were twins. Esau came out first and Jacob came out second. It says the baby was holding on to the other baby's leg. Oh, they were trying to get out first. So now the firstborn had the birthright. 
Okay, they had the, the right as the firstborn son to receive all the blessings, all the, the inheritance, the, a double portion of the inheritance. So it was like the oldest son was, was a big deal in, in that culture in that time. And so one day it says that Esau went out. He was a hunter and he was out working hard and that Jacob was a guy who stayed at home and cooked. He was a great cook. And it says Esau came home and he was super hungry. He'd been doing all kinds of stuff. He'd been out hunting and working and, you know, maybe sinning. I don't know what he'd been doing. So he'd been doing all kinds of stuff. And so he gets in and he says, Jacob, man, that's amazing. Give me some of that. And Jacob is, is very cunning. We're not saying that what Jacob did was good. We're just saying that they're telling the story of the Bible, right? What, what happens? It says that Esau says, give me that soup. Give me some of that stew. And Jacob says, hey, give me your birthright. And it says that Esau despised his birthright. And so he says, who cares if I have a birthright? You can have it. Just give me some food. In other words, his fleshly desires in the moment won out and he threw away the promise of God. Think about this. Esau could have been the one through whom Jesus came. He was the firstborn son. It would have been through the firstborn son that normally the family line would be kept. But Esau sold the right to be the great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus Christ. Because he was hungry. Because his fleshly desires were stronger than his spirit. And so Hebrews is referencing that story. He's saying, look, don't be, and we don't know about this, but it says don't be sexually immoral. In other words, don't, don't give in to immorality in, in your body. Whether that's all forms. Pornography, sex outside of marriage homosexual sex, whatever it is, anything that's outside the bounds of God's covenant marriage plan is immorality. But what is that? It's really just, it's, t- it's letting your flesh determine what you want in the moment, right? It's, it's, a, it's a momentary thing where you're just like, I got to have this right now, so it doesn't matter what I have to throw away, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. That's, that's what Esau did. He gave away his right to be a part of the promise of God. I'd never seen, I'd never even thought of that before. Read it. I read that somewhere. I give it credit to, to some of the studying I did and reading. It was like, oh man, Esau, he, was, he could have been the one. But instead it was Jacob who God changed his name to Israel, right? Who becomes the one through whom the promised child, the savior of the world, Jesus, comes you know, a couple thousand years later. But it's, it's the, it's the age-old battle of the flesh versus the spirit. Here's the good news. We get the grace of God to live for more than just momentary pleasure. More than just momentary satisfaction. The grace of God is meant to empower us to live for eternity, to live for something more. We don't have to be like Esau. I don't have to be controlled by my fleshly desires. Do I still have fleshly desires? Well, I still have flesh, right? I'm not dead yet. 
I can still be tempted, right? I only know about men here. Men, we can all still be tempted, right? Doesn't have a hold on me anymore. But I'm not going to put myself in a foolish situation. Because I might choose the flesh. I might choose the bowl and says, I just give me that, just give me that right now. I gotta have it. I don't care what it costs me. See, we fall short of the grace of God when we don't, we don't, we don't know, hey, guess what? You can have the grace of God. You can overcome this thing. I mean, if you guys, if any of you are caught in pornography, you can overcome this thing. If you're caught in addiction of any kind, you can overcome. You can, come, you can overcome an alcohol addiction. You can overcome a drug addiction. The grace of God is greater. The power of Jesus is greater than that addiction. You just have to unwrap the gift. You just have to receive and say, God, I need your help. You just have to be at that point where you're ready to say, I surrender. I'll do anything for you, Jesus. I'll do anything for you, Lord. And then the grace of God comes on your life. When you surrender those things, when you, when you offer them up to Him, man, then, you, then you find grace coming into your life. So while this passage looks very like serious and kind of a, a little bit corrective, it, it is to a certain degree, it's also an invitation to receive the power of God in our lives. So I want, I want to pray for us. I just want to pray specifically for these two issues right here, uh, the issue of bitterness and, and the issue of just any kind of fleshly urge or addiction or thing that's overcoming your life. I'm just going to believe that you're going to receive the grace of God, that you're, you're, going, to, you're going to be empowered by Him. You're going to take that next step. You're going, to, you're going to unwrap that next gift that He has for you. You're going to, you're going to be empowered by a, by a fresh mantle, as Dave says. You're going to be covered. You're going to be clothed. God's going to cover you with something that's going to empower you, that you're going to be able to do things and, and say no to things and say yes to things that you never were able to do before because it's supernatural and it's the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, God gives you, His grace comes to us by who? The, his very presence, the, the presence of God's Holy Spirit comes in us and empowers us to live a different life. So right now, we just, just everybody close your eyes for just a second. I just want to pray over you. Lord, we just, I, I just thank you. If there's anybody right, here, right now who says, I just, I just can't let something go. I'm not looking around. You, you just, just put your hand on your heart. I'm not trying to see who's responding. My eyes are closed as well. But if, 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 if that's you, where you're just, I just can't let this thing go. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, first of all, we just, we just say we need your help. That we can't get out of this on our own. But I receive the grace to forgive. If that's you, just kind of say that to God, maybe just quietly or in your heart. I receive the grace to forgive right now. Lord, we just pray for anything in our hearts. God, maybe there's just some seeds that were planted this week. Lord, any seeds that try to be planted in our hearts where we would hold bitterness or, or unforgiveness towards anyone, 
Lord, even if they deserve it, it doesn't matter, God. We're, just, we, we're not going to we're not going to let that seed grow. We're not going to let bitterness. Bitterness is not my Lord and Savior. Offense is not my Lord and Savior. Jesus is. And so we thank you for just plucking up those seeds, God. We thank you for removing roots, God. I thank you for gently coming into our hearts right now and bringing healing, God, that you can dig things out, but you'll also seal up the ground, God. You're not going to just leave a hole there. You're going to put something fresh in there, something that's going to grow something good. Lord, that there's going to be love and peace growing in our hearts. There's going to be joy again in our hearts. There's going to be thankfulness in our hearts again. There's going to be love in our hearts. We're going to be able to love like we need to love, like we're called to love. Lord, we just speak to those things. We say grace, grace to those mountains that they would be moved. God, they may even look like a mountain in our life where like, how can we get through this? The grace of God, the power of Jesus is there in Jesus' name. And for anybody who says, I just, I just struggling with some kind of addiction or some kind of thing that I just can't stop, whether that's pornography or, or some kind of substance abuse or you're just addicted to anger, whatever it is, right now, Lord, I, I declare freedom. I declare freedom in hearts. Lord, I thank you that you'll, you'll dig those things up at their source, Lord. Those things that came into our lives, at some point we made a decision, God. We're making a decision now that says, Jesus, I don't want this anymore. Help me be free. Help me walk free. Empower me supernaturally to live a life where I'm not like Esau, where I'm not just selling myself to whatever comes my way, God, that I am sold on the promises of God. I am filled with the presence of God. I am holy. I am made pure through the blood of Jesus. That what you did, Jesus, is enough not just to forgive me, but it's enough to free me. That I will not live in bondage anymore. I pray that no one here will live in bondage anymore to their flesh, to their desires. I thank you, God, that you are rewiring our desires, Lord, to change it to where we want to walk with you. We desire what you want us to desire, God. We're seeking after the things that you want us to seek for because it's the grace of God. It's your mercy. It's your power in our lives. It's made perfect in our weakness. So, Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for for just the freedom that you will allow us to walk in. Lord, I just declare that over every heart. Maybe there's something else in our lives that we just need. We just need grace right now. There's there's some situation. Lord, we just we just declare grace to those situations where we don't know what to do. Maybe we need wisdom. I say grace to you that you'll have the grace of wisdom to know how to deal with that difficult person, to know how to deal with that situation in your family, to know how to how to work through that thing with your children or your grandchildren. Grace, grace to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for the power of God being released in our lives. Lord, help us unwrap the gifts that you're leaving for us. Don't let us leave them on the doorstep. Don't let us leave them inside, just under the tree, looking pretty. Lord, help us unwrap and receive what you've given for us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you still need prayer for anything, we're going to have people. We'd love to, we will pray with you as long as we need to pray for people here. A few of our leaders will be up front here. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, 
Dave made that call earlier this morning. If you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, come on, come on up here and do that before you go. Please don't leave here without Jesus. And uh, God bless you all. If you're, if you're good, then fellowship, and we will see you all on Wednesday.